Hey there, beautiful souls. It's been a few months since I last graced your inbox. I promise my absence has been for good reason. When you last heard from me, I was maneuvering the act of letting go and learning forgiveness in order to move forward, which at the time seemed fitting. I'd just been rejected by a man who I didn't realize I was in love with, and I chose to take the avoidance approach of telling myself that I was okay, that I'd forgiven all aspects and moved on with grace. I felt empowered by my ability to escape the situation unscathed, but as time went on, the emotional aftermath of my experiences hit me like a rogue freight train. Apparently saying you're letting go and moving on is a very different sentiment than actually doing so. And I knew this deep down, but I'd also never experienced something like this before. I've developed feelings for people, sure, first crushes in middle school and high school, for a man in college who was a close friend for a year, and when I told him I liked him as more than a friend, he blocked me out of his life. But this was different. This was a new feeling. It took me a solid month and a half following my return home from England to realize I was in love with Elle. Now, love doesn't claim to be understood. There are no rules in loving someone. We can search online for the correct amount of time it takes, which I did, or in which circumstances it's appropriate to fall in love, which I also did, or we can stop trying to define a feeling that so many people experience differently. I didn't label it as love at first. I just thought it was fixation or lust, but ultimately my deep-rooted emotion towards him was love. I'd never loved someone like this before, which meant I didn't know how to deal with it. And I certainly didn't know how to deal with being rejected by it, so naturally I felt ashamed. I was hard on myself for falling in love. I even spent a short time hating myself and feeling like a fool for allowing myself to fall. I tried to convince myself that I wasn't in love with him, that it was impossible to fall in love for someone I'd only known for three months. I told myself that what I thought was love couldn't be love, especially since he didn't share the same sentiment. It felt really cruel, though, the way we left things. I'd not only fallen in love with him, but slowly over the course of three months, he'd become one of my favorite people. More than a romantic interest, but a friend that I very much enjoyed having in my life. A close confidant. I felt like I could tell him anything. I could be myself around him without any fear of him judging me. He was someone I cared about deeply, and I looked up to him and valued his perspective on things. I think that was the hardest part. Having him, and then not having him. And though I understood the reasoning behind it, it was something I carried with me for quite some time. I felt like I'd gotten this beautiful experience and I couldn't even enjoy the bliss because the ending of it all happened so quickly. I let my mind think a lot of unhealthy thoughts in regards to the situation at the time. I emotionally reacted without giving myself time to process. I was searching for validation that what I'd felt was real. In reality, it'd been real to me, and therefore it was real. But I thought I needed permission to love him. When the truth is, we never need permission to love anyone or anything. Love is the basis of being. To try and control love would be impossible. Elle didn't do anything to me other than make a choice for himself. He's the kindest soul, and he had nothing but good things to say about me. The only thing that mattered was how I perceived the situation. I was letting self-deprecating thoughts control me instead. I was falling back into old patterns, allowing the remnants of my inner demons to bubble up into my present reality. I knew it wasn't me, because the real me doesn't rely on validation from external sources. The real me knows her worth, 
and prides herself in being a quirky, gorgeous, kick-ass goddess. But at the same time, I was navigating something new. I was in a lower vibrational state. So I almost let these thoughts become my new reality again. Instead of healing, I just wanted to forget. Some of my friends went with the paint him as the villain technique. Is this really a technique we use? I mean, sure. Some relationships or situationships or friendships even, and messily. Some people are villainous and cruel and narcissistic, but Elle wasn't any of those things. It didn't seem right to villainize someone who'd made a decision for themselves because it was the best for them. That's not a villain. That's just a sane person with healthy boundaries. So villainizing him was off the table. I thought, well, I can find other ways to get over this. I can find ways to unlove him. I resorted to one of my archaic habits, binge eating in front of mind-numbing television for about three days before realizing that particular coping mechanism wasn't helping me in any way, shape, or form. I re-downloaded all my dating apps, thinking that the validation of other men desiring me would make the pain of the rejection go away. An influx of men did in fact match with me, and surge into my inbox faster than the bubonic plague spread across Europe in the Middle Ages, but none of their words seemed to do the trick. I thought maybe hooking up with someone would make me feel better. But the night of said hookup date, I realized I was forcing myself to do something with someone I had zero attraction, desire, or connection to, so I canceled at the last minute. Then I thought dating someone else would do the trick, and I had one date with a man and it was the most bizarre and horrific experience that as soon as he left my apartment, I deleted all the dating apps off my phone. All I had left was work. I figured I'd focus on work and become the best version of me, still without healing, and long hours in the classroom did indeed distract me, but the minute I closed my computer and went home, the thoughts and emotions came back. I was so attached to the idea of Elle and how I thought being with him would make me feel that I seriously neglected my own intuition. I was being called by my guides and the all-knowing universe to let go and trust divine timing. They were begging me to detach myself from the situation. Of course, at first I refused. Like a stubborn child, I was not going to give in. I was not going to let go. I was not going to trust. I was going to resist and sit in lack, be in pain even if it killed me. See, the problem wasn't that I was trying all these ways of coping as a means to forget, it was that none of them got to the root of the issue. None of them involved actually healing. And growth and healing was kind of my thing before all this happened. I knew I couldn't eat away, work away, fuck away, or date away the heartbreak I was feeling. I knew what I had to do. I was just too stubborn for my own good and there was no way in hell I was giving into healing. This sounds silly, right? Why wouldn't you give into healing, Kayla? It's because healing and letting go meant surrendering. It meant trusting and being patient, two concepts that used to haunt me. Trusting anything or anyone? Yeah, right. Being patient? No way. I want it now. My guys were like, well, guess what, Kayla? You don't always get what you want when you want it. Sometimes you have to trust that what you want is coming at the right time via the right circumstances and the right people and the right places. Sometimes what you think you want isn't always what you need. And sometimes the timing just isn't right. Talk about a slap in the face from spirit. Am I right? Healing means being vulnerable. Healing means facing truths you don't want to face. Healing means surrendering aligning, and becoming the version of you you're supposed to be. 
As I dug deeper into my healing and into myself over the following weeks, I realized that despite loving my body and being confident in my skin, I didn't actually think I was worthy of love from another person or worthy of being chosen, pursued, or perceived in that way. This realization made me really sad. It was as if I had accepted my singleness as a sentence for life because I thought it was my fate. That for some reason I wasn't destined for partnership or anyone wanting me like that, and in turn I'd built up an empowerment of singleness and claimed it because it was the normal I'd come to know for so long. For almost 30 years, in fact. Despite being open to partnership and sometimes even wanting it, I'd masked it with sentiments of strength and ownership of claiming that being single was okay. And while it is 100% okay and we don't ideally need partnership to be worthy or successful in life, I was denying myself the expression of that desire. I thought I had to be alone. Because I thought I wasn't like everyone else and that for some reason love wasn't in the cards for me. I thought despite how beautiful, successful, confident, and well-rounded a person I am, I would never get to experience that. None of that is true. (laughs) Because I am as deserving of partnership, love, and intimacy as everyone else. I thought my mindset was empowering when really it was extremely toxic. I was hiding behind my talents and body positivity and self-confidence and empowerment and singleness that everyone around me wished they had, when really I was demeaning my worth and myself by accepting the mindset of, I don't get to have what others have because I'm not deserving or worthy of it. This realization made me sick to my stomach. I kept asking myself, is that really what I think? It can't be. I'm so positive and I love myself and... Truly loving oneself doesn't just have to do with thinking your body is sexy AF no matter the size. Because the underlying belief in that regard, for me at least, was that it's okay if nobody else ever loves my body because I love my body. I was again isolating myself as a lone wolf, insisting that I could stand on my own and be my own support system and do everything for myself without ever needing anyone. (laughs) I'm laughing as I say this because it's so ridiculous. Nobody can do it alone, folks. Not even us independent, empowered types. Independence is healthy. Don't get me wrong. Self-reliance is healthy. Having a firm grasp on your emotions, boundaries, having proper coping mechanisms, and a solid self-concept is healthy. But wanting to be surrounded by others and wanting companionship and not necessarily always wanting to do things alone is healthy too. See, I'd spent my entire life helping friends with their relationships, giving advice, uplifting, and being there for others, and not putting myself out there because I thought I wasn't allowed. I thought I didn't get to have what they had, because I wasn't the ideal version of beautiful, because I felt misunderstood or too weird, or that I was too confident, too overpowering, too driven for a partner to take me seriously and actually want a relationship with me. I could go on and on about all my amazing qualities but I still felt like I didn't deserve love or partnership or intimacy. And the root of these mindsets stemmed back to my love for myself. Not thinking my fat body was sexy or that my energy was beautiful. It was the whole encompassing of myself inside and out kind of love that I needed to find again, that I needed to discover and build and nourish within myself. I had to redefine my self-worth. For the first time in my life, I had to focus on myself, love myself, like really love myself in the way that love vibrates on all highest levels. The biggest truth in life is that we are worthy of whatever we desire, no matter what it is. We all deserve happiness, love, joy, and peace. 
We all deserve fulfilling careers and healthy relationships and deep friendships. We all deserve stability, mental clarity, and all the experiences we'd like to have, every single one of us. Nobody is less deserving or worthy than another. Nobody is special because they have a fancy car or a partner or a college degree or I could go on and on and list all the things we have or wish we had that seem out of reach for us or not for us. When in reality, we can have anything we want. We can do anything we want. And we can be anything we want without limitations. There are no rules in the beginning of existence that state that some people get what others don't. It's true that we will all have things that people might want or have opportunities that vary, but there was no rule when I was born that stated, well, Kayla can have creative talent, but she cannot have a partner in this life, and so it is decreed. No, no way. That's just not true. Everything stems back to how we feel about ourselves. Everything stems back to our worth, our determination, and our ability to persevere and claim the things and experiences we want in life. It is in working on that self-concept, those deep, dark emotions, traumas, and feelings of limitations that we discover this ability to create our reality based on our personal desires. It is in those moments of clarity that we realize that nobody is better or worse than anyone else, that nobody is more deserving than anyone else. It is simply how we view ourselves and the external world which reflects our internal view of ourselves that defines everything about who we are. So I guess the question is, how does one feel worthy? How does one heal that mindset? Well, I can't answer that for you because your healing won't look like mine and mine won't look like yours, but I can tell you how I figured it out for myself. Falling in love backtracked me a few steps in my journey. I've always been an ambitious person with wild dreams and when I originally started dabbling in dating apps, I put most of my personal passions and goals on the back burner. I think to some degree this is normal. But we never want to be all consumed by the attraction of another that we completely abandon ourselves. That was part of my lesson here. That was the takeaway that I refused to see. Love was new for me. I've been single for a very long time and I'd never had to worry about someone else coming into my life or affecting my work ethic. This isn't to blame Elle by any means. This is me having to relearn balance in my life, but also having to relearn who I was as an individual. I had to take my power back. I had to focus on my life. I had to relearn to embody love for myself. But I couldn't get there without healing. And the first thing I did was accept that my love for Elle was okay. I had to absolve any guilt or shame that I felt around having fallen in love with him. And then I had to allow myself to be a mess for a while. A flailing form tossed among the thrashing waves of a raging torrent, I'd like to call it. I had to embrace the emotions surrounding the situation and fill myself with love. I think I mentioned earlier that love doesn't claim to be understood. I'll say it again at the end too, but it doesn't matter how someone else feels about a situation. All that matters is how you feel. I think sometimes we shrug off our emotions or avoid them because we think they make us weak. But vulnerability is a strength. I let myself feel like a fool for falling in love with someone in three months. Maybe it takes others longer. Maybe shorter. I don't care if you have a one-day love affair or a 50-year marriage. How you perceive your circumstances with others is your own given right. Those are your feelings. Own them. Validate them. Accept them. Nurture them. Claim them because they're yours. We also have to remember that we will never really know what someone else is thinking or feeling or what their motives are. 
Assuming the worst, forming false narratives, or twisting an otherwise amazing experience doesn't help either. But this is a part of healing. The part that allows us to spill our emotions all over the place so we can sort through them. However, we have to keep the focus on ourselves. And once I'd let my emotions take their course, I was ready to detach. I didn't want to put a band-aid on the situation. I'd come this far already, and I didn't want to run from my triggers or traumas anymore. I wanted to face them head-on like demons in the dark, and I wanted to be so fierce in doing so that I'd scare them shitless. Part of my process, following forgiving myself and giving myself permission to love, was understanding why I was holding on so tightly to the situation. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. There's nothing wrong with wanting a specific partner, more money, a better job, a larger house. But what we have to be careful of is equating those wants with thinking they'll make us happy or complete. Or if we don't have them, we aren't whole. That life won't begin until we have them. That's a lot of pressure to put on someone. We can't attach our happiness to the exterior world. It has to come from within first. We can have healthy, passionate relationships that complement and add abundance to our lives. We can work jobs that light our souls on fire. We can have material things that bring us joy, but the root of our wholeness, happiness, and our worth, that must come from within first. I was attached to the feeling I thought being with L or having him in my life would give me. I was attached to this idea that if I let him go or fully focused on myself, I'd never see him or talk to him again. That if I let him go, I was giving up or accepting defeat. When in reality, letting go actually gave the situation room to breathe. In remaining attached, I only aimed to control the outcome. By detaching, it would allow the situation to unfold naturally in its own divine timing. One of the biggest things that helped me was turning all my negative beliefs into affirmations. Old thoughts rooted in fear, worry, or insecurity that weren't serving me, I quickly found peace in rewriting them in a way that allowed me to view the situation a little less involved. Here's some examples. He didn't want me because I wasn't pretty enough, thin enough, or good enough. Which then becomes, he made a decision that was best for him at the time and it ultimately had nothing to do with me. I'm not worthy of a connection like the one we shared. Which becomes, I know my worth. And I'm worthy of all the things I desire, including healthy relationships and deep-rooted connections. He didn't have a good time with me. Which becomes, he stated on multiple occasions how grateful he was for our time together and how much he valued it. Me choosing not to believe his words is a projection of my own insecurities. If he cared about me, he would reach out to me or chase after me. Which becomes, it is not someone else's job to save me, define my worth, or completely abandon themselves to adhere to my wants. But I'm worried we'll never talk or be friends or anything ever again. That becomes, I don't know the future, and time gives people and situations room to breathe, grow, and unfold in divine timing. I'm confused. Everything felt right. Which becomes, sometimes situations don't make sense, and that is okay. We can't control other people no matter how right it feels. For a relationship to work, both parties must feel aligned and confident in moving forward. Both our feelings, wants, and needs are valid, and it doesn't take away or diminish what either one of us personally felt at the time. I need closure. Which becomes, we don't always get closure, and that is okay. Though Elle did offer me closure in a very lovely phone conversation a few months following our time together, but only after I'd accepted that I might not get it and that be okay too. I'm not going to be okay without him in my life. 
which becomes, I will absolutely be okay no matter the outcome, because again, I cannot control someone's readiness, and in time, if further connection or friendship is right for him or meant to be, it will happen. In the meantime, I live my life. When I started working on myself, I began to realize so much about myself that I didn't even know, and in turn, I made changes in my life for my highest good. I took a break from social media and dating apps altogether. I'd intended on taking two weeks away, but it turned into over a month. Even now that I'm back, I've limited my scrolling, and it feels really freeing to not need to constantly be connected to the online world. Every day, I sat down with my journal and wrote down everything that needed tending to. I'd stopped properly caring for my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health long before L or dating apps. I'd been living a life of rushing, stressing, and overworking just to survive, but I was tired. I didn't just want to survive, I wanted to thrive. And this was the wake-up call I needed. I'd been living solely on a fast food diet for months because I was too tired to cook or grocery shop during the work week. I wasn't drinking enough water or sleeping more than three hours a night. I wasn't moving my body enough. My hormones were excessively unaligned. I'd neglected self-pleasure, my creative hobbies, my career aspirations, dreams, even small things like writing and meditating and listening to music for fun. It was almost embarrassing how little I cared about myself. I began to wonder how I could claim empowerment and a healthy balance if I wasn't even meeting my own basic needs. Truthfully, I couldn't. I needed to claim all that energy that I'd given back to others over the years. And I needed to pour it into myself. During a journaling session, I wrote down a phrase. It was, I will never again neglect myself forget my worth, or abandon myself to make others happy. It was my promise to myself that from that point on, I would live in alignment with my highest truth. That's when the real work began. I started with small changes. I drank more water, ate more fruits and vegetables, I began moving my body more. If I knew I wouldn't have time after work to exercise, I'd take my students out to the track during the day and they'd walk a mile or two with me. I started getting up at 5 a.m. and going to sleep before 10 to get a full 7 to 8 hours of sleep at night. I got in touch with a woman's health dietitian, an old friend we'll call Jay, and she began working with me on getting my hormones regulated. This will be a blog in itself for a later date, but after struggling for years with PCOS, PMDD, and endless issues with using birth control as a means to cover up underlying issues with my hormones, I tossed my birth control in the trash and began a more holistic journey towards regulating my reproductive health. I got two tattoos because I wanted them. They were supposed to be my reward for when I'd land a book deal and an agent back when I was pursuing becoming a young adult author. And rest assured, I have not given up on that dream. My love of writing nerdy, quirky, disaster-loving space kids is not over by a long shot, but my priorities have changed and I've had to account for my life shifts and new wants and needs. Rewards are fine, sometimes great motivators, but I was torturing myself over a want that I could very well have now without the guilt of not earning it. If you want to do something, do it. Period. Don't hold back or deprive yourself of the things you want in life. We don't always need to achieve miraculous things to treat ourselves. And you know what? I don't regret it one bit. I drove down to Boston and had a friend from a past chapter of my life do them for me. Thanks a bunch, H. For me, my wave is about letting go, not fighting the resistance and the flow of life, rather surrendering to it. And my tree, which is always in bloom, as we are as humans, 
always growing and discovering new things. In my time of self-care, I was choosing myself for myself for the first time. I was incorporating daily practices to boost my self-concept, rediscovering my self-worth, learning balance for the first time, true balance of everything in life. I began meditating both morning and night. I practiced daily affirmations, danced in my living room, allowed myself to laugh more. I set aside time in the evenings for self-pleasure and romanticized time with myself because I deserve it. I started reading again. Two books that helped me immensely were the books Soul Flow by Kristen Martin and Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. I then revisited my inner child and began healing my inner teen, another blog I'll be expanding on on a later date, but for now I'll say that it became an integral part of this process. I never really took the time to understand how powerful, expansive, and abundant I am. I'd come a long way with my growing and healing over the years, however, I was ready to take it to the next level. I still care about other people deeply, but the difference is I have healthy boundaries with others now. I don't sacrifice my own well-being anymore. I speak my truth. I use my voice. I embrace my quirks, and I don't seek outside validation. I'm selective with how I spend my time and who I give my energy to because my energy is my most cherished gift. I fill up my cup and embody my love so I can give to others. I learn to shift my perspective from a place of lack to a space and life filled with abundance. Through manifestations and trusting the process, my quality of life skyrocketed. My days got better. I started having fun again. I started truly embodying love in all its many forms. It was then that I realized I needed to figure out my next move. A couple of months ago, I was sitting at my desk in school at my day job, staring around my classroom, wondering to myself what I was doing there. I have and never will be a desk job kind of girl. It doesn't matter what the setting or capacity is. I've known this about myself for my entire life, but I never did anything about it. Not only that, but I used the same excuse over and over again as to why I couldn't make a change and pursue the true lifestyle I wanted to have. Funny thing about healing your self-concept and stepping into your power, you no longer accept what doesn't align with you. And in doing the work on myself, I came to the realization that I couldn't stay at my job any longer. I'd finish out the year, but I had to quit. I had to move on. The job, while it served its purpose, no longer aligned with me or the vision I had for my life. So on breaks, after tutoring, before bed, I started researching ways to do what I always wanted to do, and that was to travel and be free to be a traveling nomad or creative entrepreneur. We see these kinds of people thriving on social media, right? And we think, man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, why can't you? Why can't you do that? Like I said before, it's a limiting perspective to have in life to think that we can't do anything we want. Dream lifestyles aren't for the lucky or the rare individuals. Anyone can have the life they want. It's true that some aspirations and goals will take more work, personal sacrifices, and time than others, but if you set your mind to something and you actively manifest the opportunity or set the steps into motion, you can have and do what you want. I categorized all my skills and stumbled upon TEFL, Teaching English as a Foreign Language. It's a program that essentially allows you to teach English to those that speak other languages all over the world, both in the classroom and online. Through the program, I'd be able to establish an online presence for myself and teach and tutor from the comfort of my laptop from anywhere. The opportunity seemed too easy, but when you're manifesting and you ask the universe for something, is it easy or are you just getting what you want? I took it as the latter, 
made some calls, asked a ton of questions, and then about a week later, I enrolled in their online course. Not only was I taking care of myself now, I was creating the career and life for myself that I'd always dreamed of. If you know me, you know that once I set my mind to something, I do it. I'm a passionate person, a hard worker, and I don't give up. These are some of my best qualities. I wasted no time making plans and piecing my future together. My lease would be up for my apartment on August 1st, 2022. That meant I had until the end of July to get my shit together, figure out my next move, and complete the first portion of my course. I looked around my apartment and realized I didn't need all my stuff if I was going to travel the world. I didn't feel any real attachment to my things. And so I took pictures of all my belongings and I posted them all on Facebook Marketplace. Yes, all. And within less than 24 hours, almost all my belongings had buyers, interests, or new homes. All I had to do was make a post and set the intention. But that wasn't all I'd set into motion. One of my other aspirations in life was to become a creative entrepreneur. In fact, I believe it was destiny that I won Kristen Martin's book during her three-day retreat online a month ago. She's an extremely successful creative entrepreneur in addition to being a spiritual goddess, and her success story on how she quit her corporate job and leveled up her online platform is truly inspirational. Again, I asked myself, why can't I do that? I want that. I can do it. And so I did. Well, I set everything into motion. Even great things take time, but you know what I mean. Over the course of a few weeks, now not only was I taking my TEFL course, rocking my self-care, and working my regular day job, but I started planning for the expansion of my online creative platform, The Empowered Empath. Which leads me to the now. The why you're all here. Why you're either reading this blog right now, or you're listening to it via my new podcast. I designed my brand to include the many aspects of me. The Empowered Empath is a complimentary blog and podcast, a YouTube channel for guided meditations, and an online Etsy store for ebooks and guided readings. You can find all the links in my bio or blog site, on whatever platform you and I have connected on. I finally feel as if I'm exactly who I want to be. I traded hours of scrolling through social media out of sheer boredom to actively improving my self-concept, my mindset, my awareness, and my perspective on everything in my life. I've begun to radiate an essence that I didn't think I could. I've slowly built the foundation for my prospective future with every bit of acceptance that life is constantly changing, that all we have is now, that we are the true creators of our own realities. And to think this all happened because I fell in love. It's probably obvious now that I don't regret falling in love, and I don't need to know the real reason why Elle rejected me. That's none of my business. But I fought the resistance of detaching for a long time. I sat in a state of upset and pain purposely because of a choice someone else made. I let it directly reflect on me and affect me, when in reality it had nothing to do with me. Elle's job is to make decisions that are best for him, and my job is to make decisions that are best for me. And it is both our jobs to understand that our decisions will not always line up with other people's and that is okay. It is also our job as humans to not hold resentment, judgment, anger, or jealousy in regards to what another person chooses. Nobody else gets to decide what we desire in life. And when we expect someone else to cater to us or do something they don't want to do, if only to please us, that is force and control and that is never a good way to go about a relationship or a friendship. In living a life that is me, I've been able to shed the parts of me that were never me to begin with. 
From healing my anxious attachment style to releasing my need for external validation, from embodying love and happiness within to trusting the process and embracing my emotions with grace, this podcast is already quite long and I can't dive deeper into all these topics right now, but if you're interested in going on a journey of self-reflection, I invite you to come along with me from here on out. I have so many amazing posts and topics and bits of content planned for you. That's what the Empowered Empath is all about me sharing my journey with you and knowing that the right people will find it and find some inspiration within to unlock their own power. And I want to end this by saying that part of me coming to terms with this all and rediscovering myself is realizing that I don't need to unlove Elle in order to move forward. I love that we met. I love that he's part of my journey. I love that when I think of our time together, I smile. And I will always love him as a person, but I'm no longer in love with him. That connection will always be there, but those versions of us don't even exist anymore. The Kayla and Elle that experienced those three months together, that fairy tale week, they're gone now, and new versions of us have taken their place. It's beautiful in a way, to know that we as humans are always changing. I don't know the present version of Elle, and he doesn't know the present version of me. Do I miss him? Of course I do. He's a friend. He was a lover for a week. I have actually thanked Elle for not choosing me when I wanted him to, because it gave me the time I needed to find myself again. Without this experience, the empowered empath wouldn't be what it is today. I know everyone thinks this saying is cheesy, but everything really does happen for a reason. You know, I used to think of all the ways I could have prevented feeling what I did in those earlier months with Elle, following our separation, but there's nothing I could have done to stop it. Because that would mean trying to stop love, and you can't stop love. You can't help how you feel or fall, and the answer isn't to avoid it because then we'd never feel or fall. The answer is to be our authentic selves without fear. Love doesn't claim to be understood. It's all-encompassing. We are love. I am love. Just like I am cinematic, passionate, caring, beautiful, driven, and emotional. I'm worthy, funny, honest, calm, blunt, quirky, adventurous, and the most vulnerable person you'll ever meet. I don't hold grudges, and I accept people for who they are, exactly as they are without desiring to change them. I will fall in love again and again and again with myself, friends, lovers, the world. I would fall in love with Elle all over again too, if that was the way destiny led us. But I'm no longer attached to that outcome, or any outcome for that matter. Releasing my control and letting the universe guide me has been the most freeing thing I've ever done in my life. In the fall, I'll be leaving my small town in Maine and moving overseas to England to explore, teach children English, and be the creative entrepreneur I know I'm meant to be. In the meantime, I'm enjoying the journey, reveling in the process, (laughs) and just being me. XO, the Empowered Empath.